And if you combine knowledge, skills, and values through holistic education program moving towards sustainability, then you have a learning program that is real and that impacts the world right now today. Welcome to Learning Unboxed, a conversation about teaching, learning, and the future of work. This is Annalise Corbin, Chief Goddess of the Past Foundation and your host. We hear frequently that the global education system is broken. In fact, we spend billions of dollars trying to fix something that's actually not broken at all, but rather irrelevant. It's obsolete. A hundred years ago, it functioned fine. So let's talk about how we reimagine, rethink, and redesign our educational system. So in today's episode of Learning Unboxed, we have a very special treat because once again, we are on the road out and about in the world. And so today, a super special treat because we've never um, had uh, uh, an interview or a conversation, if you will, that takes place um, in Indonesia. And specifically today, we are uh, going to Bali, which is a pretty magical place. And our conversation, we are meeting with Sal Gordon today. And Sal is the head of teaching and learning in principal at some place called the Green School in Bali. So Sal, welcome to the program. Ah, thanks very much for having me. I can't so, wait to have this. Yeah, it's going to be a great conversation. And it's 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 evening there. For those of you that might be watching the video version of this, it's dark. Um, when we took our moment of silence, I could hear a little bit um, of the jungle chirping, So, which makes this an awful lot of fun. So Sal, I'll start by sort of giving us sort of the 100,000 foot view, sort of about the state of education in Bali. Wow. The state of education in Bali probably looks quite different depending on who you ask, I think. Yeah, I would assume. <laughs> Indonesia, Indonesia itself has been, uh, had schools closed for a year and a quarter. Mm-hmm. And I think the count's over 200 days now that Indonesian national schools have been closed uh, so to in-person learning, completely closed. So the state of education, um, if you're asking for local Indonesians, mm-hmm. is quite drastic. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're, we're not talking about a loss of learning we're talking about a changing culture wow um, because of you know and a long-term impact but the state of education where i am right now the green school bali is quite epic um we're on the frontier of changing education i think in terms of what a school does what a school looks like what a school wants to achieve in in the community and and how education should be seen we, we are definitely faced with some pretty massive challenges like anyone else at the moment mm-hmm. in terms mm-hmm. of you know this this virus that apparently is going around but i think uh, the test of our our school model being a, a real sort of community of learners the the test of really understanding a, an up-to-date, real pedagogical thought of how to design learning experiences, the how, and even the what, the curriculum that we've designed here over the past 13 years in terms of skill-based learning, values-based learning, mm-hmm. projects, service, as well as, you know, uh, some traditional aspects. You know, we, we want uh, good numeracy, literacy, scientific understandings, but the model of what we teach here has also stood a test of time and in a time where education is being scrutinised, yeah, um, probably more so than ever, people probably got a little bit more time, and they're seeing at home with when their kids are at home. Uh, the model that we've created is 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 working for us, and, yeah. and we believe yeah. it's a model that parts of it could should be uh, 
embedded in other ins- educational institutions as well. So, yeah. yeah, we definitely believe that as well, which is one of the reasons why when we found you, we were like, ah, feels like kindred spirits. So, so well, much yeah. of what I understand that's going on at the Green School is certainly what at the Past Foundation we advocate for every single day. So before we jump into the sort of nuts and bolts of the Green School, so just share with our listeners, because they do come from all over the world. And so they, they're they not necessarily going to be familiar with the ins and outs of what's what's happening in terms of of sort of the, the the why of the green school. And I want to really sort of uh, touch just a little bit about, so why you, Sal? So why why did you find yourself, you know, end up in, 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 in Indonesia and sort of, you know, your role at the green school has transitioned um, some that it would appear over time. So before we talk about how the school works, share with us a little bit about why you. Why me? Yeah, why me? <laughs> um, you know, I got into education quite late, like formal education. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I finished an undergraduate degree in the mid-90s. So, yeah, I'm getting mm-hmm. older. I'm approaching 50. <laughs> and I took a gap year. And in that gap year, I worked with a sustainable development company in India. Mm-hmm. It took me like a week to realize that all of this education that I'd gained through a private school education, uh, an awesome private school education in Australia that I loved, um, and then a university degree, out in the wide world, I felt completely out of my depth. And I felt that any chance of me impacting, even having a control on impacting my own life, but impacting a community or uh, an organization was negligible. I, I found I was unskilled. I uh, was lucky almost to have a good family upbringing that, that embedded good values in me. And for some reason, I remember just knowing that I knew how to learn. And I'd gone to school for 12 years and then university for four years. And really, all I'd got out of it was the understanding of how I learned. And so I took that skill with me and I turned my gap year into a gap decade. <laughs> And really proud to, yeah. to talk about my gap decade where I upskilled myself. I traveled around the world. I did jobs all across the spectrum of different mm-hmm. um, societies, learned different languages. I sailed boats. I ran offices. I ran labs. I managed bands. Um, I did everything and anything I could um, just to travel and to experience and to upskill. And then you get a bit older and you think, what am I going to do yeah. when I grow up? <laughs> and I, with some self-analysis, I really realized I've been teaching and learning for a long time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Education, not just education, but a passion for science, a passion for mathematics and, and a passion for teaching and learning um, took me to education. Mm-hmm. So then five years in the education system in, in Australia, where the first thought I I had when I took, start, started my first job was, wow, this place hasn't really changed. Yeah. And this learning program hasn't really changed. Being a young father at the time, really, I was like, well, I owned a restaurant there and I didn't want my kids to eat. You know, I was like working at a school and I thought, well, this isn't the sort of thing I wanted even for my kids. Yeah. So I immediately uh, made changes in my approach to education. I integrated units. I integrated sustainability um, units within a, a public school in Australia but I was banging my head against a wall mm-hmm. of bureaucracy, of uh, rigid assessment, of curriculum that wasn't uh, allowing me to bend. And then one day I saw John Hardy's TED Talk and mm-hmm. it led me to seeing that education could be different and yeah. that a movement in education 
been a revolution that I think needs to happen in education around the world is happening here at Green School Bali. And I did everything I could to, to get a job here eight years ago. And I joined the middle school and was a part of a, a really cool small middle school team that designed the most one of the most innovative learning programs you could imagine with student-centered projects, um, passion projects. Uh, it's, yeah, uh, breaking the age cage wallessness, nature-based learning, um, educating for sustainability, not just about sustainability. Mm-hmm. And then I was head of middle school and now I'm the principal of this amazing institution and, and, and a leader amongst this community. I'm a, also known as the peaceful pirate principal. I come from quite a different background in terms of education circles. Uh, there's not a lot of print rooms with principals in them that, that we have a similar sort of uh, mm-hmm. pathway to where we've been, uh, where we are. But I'm an education revolutionary. I want the world yeah. to change, the world to be a better place. And I believe that if, well, I believe that we could all think that we could play a part in making the world a better place. And my passions are in education, teaching and learning, like I said. And, you know, it's just, uh, I feel really fortunate to be able to be a part of a team here that is making a difference, I think. Yeah, no, I totally understand that. That's exactly the way I feel about my tribe and the work that we do at PAST. Um, it's, you know, and when you get to encounter, you know, the the Sal Gordons of the world, um, you know, as we work and travel mm. about and sort of to experience people that have made that exact same sort of realization um, that you have mm. and then that just dive in and, and do things very differently. So we encounter people that are spending a tremendous amount of time doing work in sustainability and problem and project-based learning and inquiry and just really, really saying, you know, we've got to link learning to real life as opposed to, you know, the experience. You know, I love the fact that, you know, you spent five years or, or, or a decade, I guess, really, if you will, um, it's just sort of that gap space of upskilling. And then you go back mm. into a school setting and say, nothing's changed. And I think I hear that Sounds all like the it. time, right? It's frustrating. So you think with the massive amount of technological change, environmental change, societal change, Everything changing so fast, Mm -hmm. everything that's so determinant to the health of our natural environment, to the health of our people and the connections that we have, everything about it is changing except for the education system. Mm -hmm. Exactly, exactly. I do do see some parts of education changing, but they're very rigid and they're very difficult to change. Mm -hmm. You know, it's difficult Mm -hmm. to change a national curriculum. Yeah, it's... Yeah, it's those mass system, right? If you think about it. And it's a system that is super, super, super slow to change and resistant to change. And that's, Mm. you know, in my theory, of course, is that it's because of the way it was originally designed. So it's working the way it's supposed to the way it was yeah. designed. It's just that that design's no longer relevant to today. And, and we, we haven't figured out how, how to sort of uh, change that or flip that. So let's, let's get in a little bit, um, Sal, into the nuts and bolts of what actually happens at the Green School, because that's really the conversation I think that, that folks will be most intrigued by, because the, the work and the way, the why and the what, as you, you put out there earlier. So share with us about sort of the, the philosophy itself or the, the way that the Green School works as an approach for students yeah i'm going to preface this because in a minute i'm going to start talking about some really awesome things in education but i'm going to preface it with we're not perfect here we haven't Mm. we fail a lot we experiment we go out on a limb and it's challenging and it's difficult and we often get it wrong but i think that's a necessary component of it you learned so much in that space right 
I think yeah. you've, you've got it. I think intelligent yeah. fast failure is a real thing. Yeah. So we're a community of learners making our world sustainable. And it sounds like a mission statement. And it yeah. is. It's our mission statement. We try to differentiate ourselves from just being a place like a, a school, the concept of a school where you drop your kids off and they go to classrooms and learn information from teachers and then get a number at the end of that block unit and we assess students as learners and as people by uh, one sort of final assessment and number grade and then the parents come and pick them up again at the end of the day Uh, and school is just something that kids sort of have to get through and then they have to do because that's what the parents used to have to do so in terms of trying not to be just a school but to be more of a community of learners where our students are learners, our teachers are learners, our parents are learners. We connect our learning with our local community in multiple different ways. Um, we connect wider with our Indonesian community and, and then even like bigger, here we are again connecting globally uh, and, and learning and sharing and celebrating together. So we're a community of learners, but we're also really making that really massive judgment uh, statement saying that we're, our learning is making the world sustainable. Mm-hmm. we believe that learning should be fun, it should be relevant to the real world, but it can have impact now. In fact, it should have impact now. When I went to school, I was told to learn something, but maybe later I would use it. Right. Uh, I would definitely need to know it in a test to pass, but we don't think that learning really like that is, is relevant anymore. Um, we believe that if we can create learning experiences for the whole community but particularly for our students if we can create experiences for the students that allow them to have impact with their learning now Mm -hmm. then that is real learning so then if you put that down as your statement i want my students to be able to activate their learning right now then you say well how are we going to do this and so then you go to the pedagogical belief and how we structure our learning programs in terms of holistic learning programs mm-hmm. in terms of having uh, proficiency uh, standard uh, curriculum learning outcomes math science literacy things a thematic learning so integrated learning mm-hmm. um, where you don't teach uh, an hour of history and then an hour of geography and an hour of science, you teach a, a, a unit on saving the oceans or you teach a unit on social activism and you combine a lot of things, so integrated uh, concept. And, and also experiential learning is another frame of ours. Mm-hmm. So our three main frames help us, we throw all of our learning experiences through that. So experiential, we know that students learn by doing. Yeah. When we say, right, if we want learning to be real and impacted now, well, we've actually called our Uh, Our pedagogical statement is based on the word real, the acronym real. So we believe that learning should be relationship-based. E for experiential. We know that we learn by doing. We also think that E stands for evolving as well because we don't like our curriculum to be like printed out and rinse and repeat every year. It evolves every year to the needs of the students and what's going on in the world. We believe that the A for real is authentic. It needs Mm. to be connected to the real world. It needs to have impact now. And that learning starts local, L for local. Local but can, it starts here. Even my, even a sustainable future starts here within me and starts local and then spreads global. So our learning uh, pedagogical belief is real. We believe that learning should be real and we've been able to define that as well. That's fabulous. I love that, by the way. Love it. (laughs) Then you go to the next step and you go, well, how do we do that? And you go, well, we know that it's not just knowledge that we need to be teaching because I can, like, tell you anything you like. 
In fact, everything I learned at school, I could find for you in about 10 seconds. Okay. On that phone Um, that everybody has all over the world. Everyone has it. Yep. Really, you know, yep. accepting my white male privilege right here that nearly everyone in the world has. Yep. Anyway, so you go, well, knowledge is important and having a good understanding and a good vocabulary and some good math skills and understanding of the scientific world, yes, definitely important. And understanding of history, really mm-hmm. important. Some knowledge mm-hmm. is really important. However, if you don't integrate skill-based learning, so whether you call them 21st century skills, whether you call it um, life skills, whatever, mm-hmm. we've got our own green school skills that we teach to, actively, explicitly teach to. And so it's skill-based learning, collaboration, adaptability, critical thinking, creative thinking, um, the whole series of skills that we base our learning programs on, and then values-based learning. And if you combine knowledge, skills, and values through a holistic education program moving towards sustainability, then you have a learning program that is real and that impacts the world right now today. Absolutely fabulous. Fabulous. So tell us about, Oh, well, like I said, you know, one of the things that appealed to us right off the get go, right. When we, when we found the green school was, Oh my gosh, this sounds just like what we talk about, what we do every single day. Um, so the, the background that you see on me, this, this is the, the space we built. So, you know, this is our, uh, this is our hut in the jungle, right? Ours just happens to be in an old industrial warehouse in the midi- middle of an urban, um, center, right? Same concept that when you walk in these doors, everything that you thought about teaching and learning changes, right? That the entire principle is this is about the kid and that we believe that kids can solve the world's greatest problems because they are amazing thinkers if we give them the skills and the support that we just don't regurgitate to them a whole bunch of stuff, facts, knowledge, you know, as as you say. So, so many similarities. And so, um, yeah, I'm jazzed and excited about it. (laughs) Unboxed, I'm like, yeah, just click on the yes thing. It says learning unboxed. I'm like, great, I'm on. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. We don't, we don't think in boxes. We don't boxes. I don't go into a, even in green school, we don't go into a boxed room and shut the right. door behind us. Our right, rooms are, right. You know, here's the other thing about green school. Awesome, epic learning program. I mean, it's accredited too. And we do a real assessments. We've got it documented. We've got Oscar accreditation. We've got Indonesian accreditation. So it's not just a program that's just do whatever you like in the jungle. Um, there is a, a real awesome curriculum, documented curriculum here. But I forgot, I, didn't, I don't know if I mentioned, but we've got this epic campus that is uh, more than 80 amazing bamboo buildings. Um, I'm sitting in the most boring place here, but if I just move just a little bit. Behind me, you'll see. Wow! Yeah, at the heart of school. So we build out of a sustainable material bamboo. We we have wallless learning in terms of there are no walls on our in our, in our buildings, but also wallless learning in terms of breaking the age cage, connecting the learning from inside a school to outside to the community. Those sorts of concepts. But it's it's gardens. There's a river that runs beside our school. We've diverted a little bit of that, and we're trying to run a, a vortex there to generate some more power, some more electricity there. Um, as rice fields, it's it is pretty. It's an epic place, and I think schools should be epic places. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, well, think I, about I, how much time kids spend there, right, away from your family. I mean, let's just step back for you know globally and think about the 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 amount of time that kids spend supposedly in this you know, educational, this is very formative, right? It has meaning and you want it to be epic because you want this experience to be profound for a lifetime. 
But did we ever? Well, it hasn't been designed, like you said before at the yeah. start. Like this system hasn't been designed to take into consideration that. But I want my students here to not just think of school as a time that they had fun, but the place yeah. that, that this learning had, especially here, is just so connected to nature. And it's terrible that we even have to think, oh, I need to connect to nature. I am nature here, right yeah. here. I am. I'm not dissociated from it. I'm not disconnected. I don't have to go anywhere to connect to nature. But it's unfortunate we have gotten to that stage where, where you do. Mm-hmm. I think school should be like some of your, you know, some of my best friends are places. Mm-hmm. I wrote about that recently. And this place here is one of my best friends. And I would like every person that comes to be a part of this community to remember not just the program and their experience, but the place, this epic place that we that is called Green School, that, could, that is, holds so many memories for us. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I would love the chance to see it someday. Uh, it just sounds amazing. So share with us a little bit, Sal, about the student experience. So maybe walk us mm. through a project or something that the students are working on right now, because you know we talk all the time about this idea of fully integrated transdisciplinary teaching and learning, that you no longer go to math class for the sake of going to math class. And you know that's just completely disarticulated from your history class, your science class, that very much like what it sounds like you're, you're doing at the Green School, that everything is is, is fully integrated because you're working on a thing, right? You're trying to solve a problem or you're having this experience and you're tying it all together. So share with us just a little bit because I can hear the wheels or the gears turning. You know, um, we have an awful lot of teachers that listen to the program that come from a more traditional setting. They come from that system that is super, super resistant to exactly what you're talking about. And even if they just grab one single nugget from this conversation and say, I'm going to own that and make that the thing that's happening in my own classroom within the system, I can't fully change right now for a better student experience. What do you want those teachers to walk away with and say, hey, I can do this piece? Mm-hmm. Uh, um, yeah, well, <laughs> where do we start? Um, <laughs> I think it, it's it, one, one really like sort of foundational piece for me is that, you know, we go through our whole life uh, learning. Well, we should be. We should go whole life learning and learning should therefore be fun. You know, number one, you know, it, it should be fun and meaningful, but fun's a really important thing. Like, you know, we're humans. We like having fun. And so I think every teacher, if they went, you know, I, I would rather, and I'm, I was allowed to do it here because I'm not governed and hemmed in by, you know, assessment routines, but I would rather my students have fun than learn anything. In fact, if they weren't having fun, I'd just give up on the learning and go, right, so let's have some fun in here because this is a really important time. And, and you know, I, I think when I remember teaching grade eight maths and then the next year teaching the same stuff to the grade nines who were the next year and then the next year teaching the same stuff to the grade tens and thinking, why am I having to teach this over and over again to these and they're not going to use it? And they weren't having any fun. And, and that's really terrible to think that children spend so long at school not having any fun. Like, you know, we have to deal with that stuff when we're older. You know, dealing yeah. with it, not no fun. Apparently, yeah. that's part of being an adult. I haven't caught up with that yet. <laughs> but but I, and I honestly, I get asked this question a lot because we do a green educator course program here, where mm-hmm. we think we provide our um, our own internal professional development, but we also mm-hmm. run now online and blended uh, educator courses. Um, normally, there's about fifty teachers from all around the world in different yep. school systems, and I know you've got a consider different locations, different curriculum, different regulations. But every teacher in the world tomorrow morning could go into their class and go, right, we're not going to do a lesson on photosynthesis. We're going to do a lesson on thinking creative. And we're going to 
we're going to look at how nature thinks creatively around our relationship with uh, oxygen, carbon dioxide, uh, trees, and, and chloroplasts. You know, and we're going to we're going to create something really special to understand that. Um, or you could go right. Today is more important for us to celebrate International uh, Peace Day. Today is inter- I think International Peace mm-hmm. Day. Mm-hmm. Um, today is more important for us to celebrate International Peace Day, and as a community to demonstrate that peace is important to us, than to stick to a schedule. So let's do something as a community to do that. So redefine what your school. Uh, what your learning experiences mean for your students. They should be fun, they should be skill-based, and they could have values-based opportunities Mm -hmm. in there as well. Even if you were going to teach an algebra lesson, make it fun. Play some music. Mm -hmm. Have a a quiz. Talk about algebra as a a maths muscle-building exercise or a problem-solving. Turn algebra into a solve problems. Let's go learn how to solve problems better together. So flick things around instead of teaching a content into a skill. Right. Next thing, I think that there is nothing more important to be educating about, at least about, but for sustainability. So holistic sustainability, environmental sustainability, social justice, these things are more important to us ever than ever before. Mm-hmm. They're in front of our students' faces the whole time and through social media and everything. They're very well aware that we're handing over a planet that's broken yeah. with cultural relationships that are based on mistrust and and years and years and years of lies, um, you know, they're well aware of this stuff. We know we're not hiding anything from them. So bring that into the classroom. Allow the students to understand what the real world is about and then provide them, again, opportunities to skill up and to be able to demonstrate values that will, that will provide them an opportunity to move forward into that world and may have an impact. It's pretty hard, I know, because I know teachers are off to go to school tomorrow, for example, and they've got to cover these learning outcomes in this set amount of time because the students are going to get assessed and then probably even the teachers get assessed Mm -hmm. from the students' results. I mean, I don't even know how to deal with that because that's why I'm here. Mm -hmm. Because Mm -hmm. it can change. Looking at even the UN Sustainable Development Goals is is an awesome first step for if you want to educate about sustainability. And then if you want to provide impact for your students, then you start solving local problems. So I'll give you an example. Can I keep talking? Yeah, please <laughs> do. I? Absolutely. Are you kidding? This is awesome. <laughs> a couple examples. Like our students here a while ago, we did, um, instead of just doing a normal maths unit, we we sustainable, we did a, a sustainability audit for the whole school. Mm-hmm. And this is where in our middle school maths class, normally you just do data collection and statistical analysis from exercise books, but we audited the school. Uh, we handed that data over the next year to our high school maths guys. And I don't even think it was a maths class. I think it was a thematic class that realized that there was a couple of problems. And one was a transport. Mm-hmm. And so there was two, not a, there was not enough carpooling and, and we were our, our carbon footprint for transport to get to the jungle here mm-hmm. was too high. Um, and so we decided to solve that problem by solving the used cooking oil problem because there's a big black market issue and people just throwing used cooking oil into the river, basically. Mm-hmm. So we collect the used cooking oil, we take it to a refinery and we make biodiesel. Biofuel, and now yeah. we've, got seven, we've got seven biobuses that run our school bus system, basically. So taking the bad uh, black market used cooking oil off the – we were even using glycerine, the the byproduct mm. in a bio lab. Mm. So you find a problem and you allow your students the opportunity to solve yep. it. Yep. 
Yeah. And it is amazing when students do that. I don't know about you, but I, you know, I will often talk about when folks come to visit what's going on at past and, and I tell them almost every single time, you know, I mention the fact that, you know, from an R and D standpoint, right. Cause what you're talking about, right. Is really R and D and your kids were literally able to, to solve that problem using all the same principles that, um, those fully formed adults, as you referenced earlier, right. In your regular day job, you know, should be able to have the skills to do, right? So these really, really experienced teams that are, you know, epic in some of our industry partners that that's what they do for a living. And I would argue that I will put our kids up, our middle school kids, our high school kids up against the industry's best R&D teams anywhere in the world, right? Because to your point, these kids, if you toss them those real world problems, if it's authentic and it's, it, it has meaning for them, they can in fact solve that problem. Yeah, they're, they're, they're out of the box. Yeah, absolutely. We've got, a, we've got an opportunity right now. They haven't been boxed yet. Yeah. You know, they haven't yeah. gone fully along the conveyor belt and at the end of it, they've been boxed out and conveyor belted out into the world. We've got an opportunity right now. Yeah. I love the fact that, you know, when you toss these types of things at kids, one of the things that you, I hope that people will very quickly discover is that, you know, because they don't have that adult world experience, they're not jaded, right? They don't, they don't come to solving a problem with all the reasons why it can't work or the set of constraints because they don't know what's not possible. And because of that, they are far more creative, I think, in their problem solving than, than most of us would be. Yeah. And even if it doesn't work. Yeah, so if, what? Well, I, even even when I was teaching sort of traditional science, the best things in a science classroom were the ones that never worked. Yeah. So often, you know, the success isn't gauged by banning plastic bags from Bali, which has sort of started as a, a green school project and mm-hmm. taken by green school students or lecturing around ecophobia or to, um, new recycling systems that we've got here or solar, whole, uh, solar, solar hydro systems. And it's not about the success or failure of the project. It's about the learning experience mm-hmm. and the impact that has on a student individual and collective life. I can't imagine anything more rich. Like I, I can't remember a learning experience from my high school days that impacted me at all. And that's terrible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. No, I would agree with you. Yeah. And I love school. Yeah. I love learning, right? You have to, or you wouldn't have immersed yourself and found yourself back into it, right? That's the other thing that I find about, you know, folks involved in these creative school experiences is that you have a tendency to be these passionate lifelong learners that just, you know, love the exercise of learning new things, if you will. So, you know, the other thing, just before I lose track of it, there are a lot of people wanting to change and I would be surprised if anyone's sitting there watching this and going, well, I'm the only one in my school that wants to do things a little bit differently mm-hmm. or wants to right. build a sustainability committee or wants to implement mindfulness into a curriculum or wants to do more project-based learning or service community learning. I, I, there is no way that anyone is that, that isolated because, I mean, I, when I started teaching, I thought I was isolated. Right, right. And immediately when I thought, let's do this, let's do this integrated sustainability unit, there was, all, there was a, there were a group going, yeah, let's do it, let's yeah, do it. Yeah, And there's, there's schools doing this. There's, uh, there's some pretty awesome, amazing schools around the world. But I'm just a part, like here, I'm just a part of a team. Mm-hmm. Like we're not very hierarchical here either. I think mm-hmm. that's important sort of to note like you know someone sometimes someone's got to have sort of final responsibility um <laughs> some of those normal school things but you know this program was built by collaboration creative thinking empathy care 
uh, motivation towards uh, a sustainable future by a whole heap of pretty awesome people. Yeah. Um, and so there are a lot of people around the world that want to and can change education. There are. There are. And some amazing stories that I've had the privilege of being able to, to share out with the world and, you know, to find really innovative, creative people. You know, I always like to close the program or the conversation, Sal, with sort of thinking about that, that, that high love, that, that peace for those folks that are sitting out there wanting to be able to integrate some of the components that they heard today. So I'm going to actually, um, my final question for you is really around the sort of what's next, what's coming for Sal and the Green School that you're excited about, that you're jazzed about? Yeah, well, there's, there's always so much to be excited about. You know, for a while it took us, it, it took us a, diff, a few different ways of working, a lot of introspection, a lot of failure to, to really hold a way to document a living curriculum, mm-hmm. to, to a way to structure it so that it has strength but still is able to bend and so only really in the last few years, I think, in the last couple of years, we've developed new ways of working around our documentation. It might sound really boring. No, it's important. Continued, yeah. Continued evolution of a program. We can't keep reinventing it every year. Yeah. And so, so that's really exciting for me to be sort of going through sort of a learning program development stage and then through a curriculum development stage and getting now to a point of having established ways of working and an understanding, aligned understanding of our pedagogical beliefs, our curriculum work um, and and our assessment strategies and then putting all that together and practicing that a little bit more. But a lot of what I'm excited about is, unfortunately, I don't know, we've nearly gone a whole thing without talking about COVID, but, you know, a community of learners that's experiential learning that's based in a campus, epic campus, you know, it's it's been quite difficult for Green School Bali mm-hmm. to, to bring their learning program that we want to to a world that had a very you know, a high component of distance learning or home-based learning, yep. online learning to it. So, you know, there's a part of me that's just looking forward to getting back to yeah. some of the old days because the old day was pretty good at Green School. Yeah, yeah. Uh, although we keep thinking about moving, going back forward to school rather than back to school. Right. Um, I, think there's, I think we're doing some really exciting things in terms of the development of understanding around values-based education. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people are thinking about it. How mm-hmm. do you learn a value? Mm-hmm. How do you teach empathy how do you teach equity um and understanding that it's more than just watching a movie on it or reading about it and things like that but understanding that values-based learning is action-based right right Uh, so you need to actually experience it but not even just experience but to 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 see the impact of that value whether it's peace or sustainability or integrity or responsibility or equity to see the impact of that value is a crucial part of and then a self-reflection and and it's all cyclic of course but uh, i think we're moving forward in terms of understanding how we yeah how how we learn values Mm -hmm. and and there's a lot of schools talking about it but you know it's it's a little bit of a gray area in terms of, well, how do you assess for it? How do you right. teach? How do you right. know people are learning it and things like that? I know we had our um, kindergarten kids do a lap of the school today singing peace songs and throwing flowers at all the other kids, demonstrating the value of peace mm-hmm. and love and caring and compassion, demonstrating it. And no students learned what that was all about today. Oh, yeah, yeah. By doing it, by seeing the smiles and the, everyone cheering and clapping and, and handing out their little uh, peace catches that they'd made um, and little peace postcards. Those five-year-olds learnt a value today, really mm-hmm. valuable mm-hmm. value that wasn't part of education when I went to school but mm-hmm. should be a part of learning. So values-based learning is important. I also think 
you know, I was asked the other day how um, how education, comma, how are we going to navigate um, challenges in education, technology, society, and something else through the times of COVID? Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, everyone sort of put everything in a box, right. <laughs> which you're not going to like. Are you? <laughs> you know, they're going like, well, education's here, and um, that's a problem. We need to do something about that. Yeah. You know, yeah, okay. Um, the environment's over here. Mm-hmm. And that's a problem too. We need to do something about that. Well, techno- technology, you know, we're struggling to ca- keep up with technology. Right? Or we need to do something. And let's put another box over here. It's called societal problems or cultural problems. Yeah, we need to sort of take a look at how we treat each other. I would propose that education comes outside of those boxes and goes, right, if we change education, and I can see it changing, mm-hmm. if we change education, we automatically, if we start educating for a holistic sustainability sustainable future we do it with values in mind we do it in skills environment we do it with love and care and fun in mind then we are going to be solving societal problems Mm -hmm. we'll go backwards we are going to be solving environmental problems and we're going to be coping with technological change education itself defines civilizations and we're on the cusp of something like a revolution Mm -hmm. that we need this planet needs this the natural environment needs people need education to change and if we can change education it's going to have such a massive impact on all these other challenges that we have in the world and that's really exciting in green school barley to think well i think the model of what a school is needs to change not just what happens inside the school but the concept the relationship that people have with school the relationship the school has with the community Mm -hmm. the relationship that learning has with kids i think we're on to you know that it's a critical time for us Mm -hmm. but i can see it changing and it's exciting for us just at green school to be sort of pushing some of that change yeah absolutely i agree with you a hundred percent and uh i love the the notion of uh you know, taking education out of the box, um, as you can imagine. (laughs) Slip that in. I love that. You know, Sal, thank you so very much for making time in your evening, right. To, uh, to join us at the end of the day, uh, to have this conversation. I truly, truly appreciate it. And, you know, for our listeners around the world, um, I really hope that, um, they reach out and, you know, engage and learn an awful lot from what's happening at the green school. I certainly know that, um, I am super jazzed for my day as mine's getting started. Um, here in my part of the world because, you know, the great conversation that we were able to have today. So thank you for what you do and for sharing with us. Well, thank you very much. Um, you know, people check us out, um, whether it's on the website, um, you know, I blog a little bit from crazy mind wanderings that I have, <laughs> um, you know, student projects, uh, there's quest projects for our grade eights, our grade 12s to so greenstone projects that change the world. We're not perfect, but we're doing something really cool and we're happy to connect with educators, people all around the world that want to be a part of this community in any way. There's no bamboo bubble over here, uh, over, over us. We're really open. And so, um, you know, hopefully from today that people might be motivated to learn a bit, little, little bit about us, uh, get in contact, uh, learn from us. Yeah, um, it's been great to talk to you. Yeah, we appreciate it. And we will be posting links and information so that folks can get to you on the website uh, for the episode. So thank you again. We appreciate it. Well, it's my pleasure. Yeah, thank you very much. Thank you for joining us for Learning Unboxed, a conversation about teaching, learning, and the future of work. I want to thank my guests and encourage you all to be part of the conversation. Meet me on social media at Annalise Corbin and join me next time as we stand up, step back, and lean in to reimagine education.